help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. While Jesus was speaking, up came one of the officials who bowed low in front of him and said, My daughter has just died, but come, I lay your hands on her and her life will be saved. Jesus rose and with his disciples followed him. Then from behind him came a woman who had suffered from a hemorrhage for twelve years, and she touched the fringe of his cloak, for she had said to herself, If I can only touch his cloak, I shall be well again. Jesus turned round and saw her, and he said to her, Courage, my daughter, your faith has restored you to health. And from that moment, the woman was well again. When Jesus reached the official's house and saw the flute players with the crowd making a commotion, he said, Get out of here, the little girl is not dead, she's asleep. And they laughed at him. But when the people had been turned out, he went inside and took the little girl by the hand, and she stood up. And the news spread all round the countryside. The Gospel of the Lord. We're told by St. Matthew that the Lord still speaking, teaching, when the, he was interrupted by the synagogue official. We know his name is Jairus from, other, from the other um, Gospels. And he comes to our Lord because of his daughter's condition. The situation is desperate. The child is dying, certainly when he left, and he could only presume that she was dead by now. He comes in faith. He had heard of the signs, of the miracles, of the wonders that our Lord was performing. But his knowledge, his interpretation, his understanding of Christ is still very human. His faith is, we can say, mediocre. He doesn't have that faith that the Gentile, the centurion, had, who didn't even request our Lord's presence, but knew that the Lord, even at a distance, could work the miracle of healing the servant. But he comes with faith. The important thing is that he has faith. What God seeks from us is faith, because it's impossible to please him without it. And so with the little faith that he has, he says, my daughter has just died. But come and lay your hand on her and her life will be saved. Perhaps he thinks of our Lord as one of the prophets, particularly Elijah who raised the son of the, the widow, or Elisha who did likewise. At least he has that faith in knowing that our Lord is a great prophet. He misses out on the fact that our Lord is divine inasmuch as he requests his presence. He who is divine is everywhere. 
And Jesus, accepting the little faith, the mediocre faith he has, rose immediately and with his disciples followed him. And so we can imagine the centurion hurrying back to his house and the Lord following with the disciples and no doubt a crowd as well when he, the Lord is interrupted by the woman. The woman of the hemorrhage for 12 years who has also faith, not mediocre faith, but great faith. For she regards not just the Lord as the, the one who has power to heal her, but even his cloak. And not just the cloak, but the fringe of the cloak. She said to herself, if only I could touch his cloak, I will be well again. And so creeping up in the crowd, how could she touch the hem unless she was on her knees? And she touched. And his cloak behaves even as a sacrament. What is a sacrament? A sacrament is an outward sign of an invisible grace instituted by Christ for conferring grace. An outward sign, the cloak. The inward sign, the grace that is transmitted. Who, to whom does a cloak belong if not Christ? And so, in faith, she touches his cloak, and in faith, she is healed by the power of him. The cloak by itself is nothing, just as the sacraments, whether it be water, or whether it be bread and wine, or oil, or the imposition of hands, or the word, all of these by themselves are nothing. But joined to the eternal word, they become life-giving, they become salvific, they're able to destroy our sins, and change us into a new creature, children of God. And so she touches, and she is healed. The Lord does not permit her to go away, lest she thinks she has stolen something, or lest she be misled in thinking that the power was in the cloak, but to show her that he himself knew what was happening, and that he himself is the source of her cure, says, Courage, my daughter. In calling her my daughter, he indicates the high dignity to which her faith has raised her. Your faith has restored you to health. And from that moment, we're told the woman was well again. Yet at the same time, we can imagine Jairus, the synagogue official, impatient. He's anxious. The sooner our Lord gets to his house, the sooner will his daughter be restored. Perhaps he's thinking the Lord will arrive too late and he can do nothing. But nonetheless, the Lord continues and reaching the official's house. Already the flute players, the professional mourners are there. These are the people who are associated with death. They know about it. The crowd are making the commotion. They're lamenting because indeed death is the greatest tragedy to befall our race. And the Lord says, get out of here. The little girl is not dead, she's asleep. And they laughed at him. He can truly say that she's asleep. To us who are mortal, to us who are sinners, she's indeed dead, and nothing can bring her back to life except he who gave her life in the first place. But to him, she's not dead, but asleep, because no one is dead before God, as our Lord himself would say to the Sadducees. 
she is asleep. Our Lord would also refer to Lazarus' death, who, and he was dead and buried for four days, and he referred to Lazarus as being our sleep. He had said to the disciples, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, I must go and wake him. To which Thomas responded, If he's asleep, he'll get better. Why endanger your life? And then he spoke plainly, Lazarus is dead. So also here, this girl is most certainly dead as we see it. But to him who is life, she's merely asleep. And in this, the Lord shows us that death is no longer the greatest disaster, nor is it something to be feared, but rather that which brings death, sin. This is the greatest disaster now, and this is to be feared. They laugh at him, and because they laugh, they are not found worthy to be witnesses to this miracle. So he turns them out, and he went inside. And he, we're told he took the little girl by the hand, and she stood up. We're told by St. Mark, our Lord said, get up, little girl. And she stood up and walked about. Our Lord, in working this miracle, indicates that he is, in fact, the life, and that he has power even over death. The news of the miracle spreads throughout the countryside. There are three dead people whom our Lord raised, and there are hundreds of others whom the saints after him have raised. But for these three, they are significant, inasmuch as the little girl is in her room. She is not, her death is not public. There's a young man who's been brought out for burial, and his death is public. And then, of course, there's Lazarus. And these represent the different kinds of sins into which we can fall. The little girl, because of her age, represents those sins of ignorance, those sins that we did not know or have a full grasp of its malice. And these the Lord himself gives by holding the hand and raising us up, or, as we could say, by instructing us. And then there are the sins of weakness, that's of the young man who is in the prime of health or prime of life, yet is cut down by death. And these are the sins of weakness, for he has not the strength, or symbolically he has not the strength to pursue righteousness. And then there are the sins of habit, the sins of malice. And these are the most deadly, for having been trapped by the habit, we can no longer break free by our own efforts, but rather like Lazarus, we're buried in the tomb, and already we stink. But even this, the Lord can heal, inasmuch as he called Lazarus out. There is a greater price to pay, inasmuch as we told he groaned as he cried out, Lazarus, here. And so the Lord has power over death. The Lord, because he's life, conquers death. Let us ask that our faith in him might increase, our knowledge of him increase, that he strengthen us through the holy sacraments, and that he does not permit us to fall into the malice, the habit of sin. May he forgive us our sins and grant us life eternal. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. 
Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank you.